Coming up today, you guessed it, the Sydney Kings are on the agenda once more. Lenard Copeland says they've given up. We'll talk about that. And of course, they've got DJ Vasiljevic coming their way in a couple of days' time. Good news for Perth on the injury front. The Coach of the Year conversation hops up. And we've got hoops tonight, the Bullets and the Jack Jumpers. That's all on the agenda on NBL Nick. It is the 10th of January. Great to have your company on NBL Now. As always, your Wednesday edition, Jack Everett alongside the great Derek Ruckett. D-Ruck, morning to you. Good morning, and uh, it's a gloomy day up here in Brisbane, which could be uh, quite ominous for the bullet. I'm just, for those who aren't watching this or listening to it, I'm just looking out the window of your uh, palatial apartment in Brisbane at the moment. Uh, This is Jack Jumper weather. It is, and uh, Scott Roth and his men would wake up and feel very comfortable seeing this fog and gloom. Not to knock the Tasmanian weather, but it certainly is in Queensland weather. We'll get back to that game very shortly. Let's start with the Sydney Kings. That They are one of the big stories in the league right now. There are write-ups in all of the papers. Uh, it led NBL overtime last night with Halls and Copes and Cam. And you were there on Sunday. You saw it, as did I. Um, Copes on overtime said that at times it looks like they've given up and they're not willing to work hard. You've had a couple of days to think about what you saw on Sunday. Where are you at now? Well, effort has always been a problem with this team throughout the season. We've seen lapses in focus. We've seen lapses in intensity. And it was no different the other day against the Bullets. And I guess what Copes is probably alluding to is that point in each game where the rubber hits the road. And how do you respond as a group? And consistently now, we've seen this Kings team fall apart and relent. I mentioned it. In the second half against United, how they fell apart. We saw it against Brisbane late in the first quarter game when that jet when that game started to change its tenor and the bullets took over. And it's interesting to see Andrew Bogut's comment saying the consistency lapses are insane, which me which makes me believe that confusion reigns amongst the Sydney Kings players and coaching staff. I don't think that they've given up. I just think at times they look around at each other and don't know where to go next, Jack. And that can be sometimes manifested as giving up or not caring. I think they care. I don't think they've totally given up, but they're knocking on the door of giving up. So let's just use Perth as as an example, Ruck. They were in a pretty ordinary way at the start of the season. John really made some significant changes, and I'm talking about Hiram Harris coming in the starting lineup and Jesse Wagstaff being back into the rotation, Corey Webster to the bench. It's been spoken about, and look what happened. Does Coach Abdel Fattah have levers like that that he can pull in Sydney that could get a similar result? So we know he is a highly credentialed coach. There's no doubt about his coaching talent, but he has no experience with the NBL. And you see guys like John Reilly. He was born in this league. He's known this league since his teenage years. He understands it. He played in it for decades. Now, he did go away to America and learn more about the overall game of basketball and how to approach it as a coach. Got his eyes on different schemes and scenarios. So when you get back to Coach Mood, I think it's a matter of what can he learn and quickly apply as we get down the stretch run. I don't see any improvement in the defense, which is probably the biggest glaring problem at the moment. Can he correct it this week? I called for it in the opener on Sunday. I said they needed to fix it immediately in that game. That didn't happen. Jack, the clock is ticking loudly. 
It's got to happen Thursday night, or I'm going to say it's not going to happen. Well, and that's the problem for them, Ruck. They run into a red-hot Adelaide team on Thursday night in Adelaide. Now, red-hot in terms of their last performance, and DJ Vasiljevic was fantastic. They're going to get another big crowd like they did on the weekend. And the DJ factor, Ruck, it has to be real, doesn't it? He'll be ready for this game. Whatever animal metaphor you want to use in relation to DJ, whether he's a shark or a wolf, whatever it is, I can guarantee you he senses weak prey. And that prey is the Sydney Kings. And we know what went down in the offseason. DJ had a huge game, 30 points the other night in beating Melbourne United. He's been tracking up. He's getting better and better each game with Adelaide. He's getting more efficient. He's starting to be that three-point shooter we know he can be. And he is the leader of that team, make no doubt about it. And I think that group is rallying somewhat, whether it's around the new coach or whether it's actually DJ himself who's taken on a strong leadership role in that group. I really anticipate Adelaide making a lot of noise, and I'm picking them to beat the Sydney Kings Thursday night. Now, what do the Kings have to present? Are they going to change that starting lineup? This game is so intriguing, Jack. I can't wait to watch it. But everyone in this league, and it's been this way for 30, 40 years, everyone loves to beat the Sydney Kings. Whether they're bad, whether they're good, you love beating Sydney and rubbing their noses at it. And this, this would be like three wins for DJ personally. Yeah, and this this is interesting, Ruck, that you're tipping Adelaide to win. This creates a whole different set of problems now because then they have New Zealand on Sunday, Sydney, who the way the breakers are going, you, they'll give Sydney all sorts of problems. That's true, and we see how much of an emotional roller coaster this league is. New Zealand will be angry. You know they thought they were getting up to five in a row when they when they had Perth coming in there. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way. But New Zealand will be primed and ready. Adelaide will be primed and ready because they're coming off of a big victory. And it's up to the Kings. Like, how do you respond? I I expected a much better response after United knocked them off. Well, maybe this butt-kicking by Brisbane on Sunday is the impetus they need now to push ahead and put it all together. They still are sitting in fourth place. Mm. It's shaky. It's a real shaky fourth place. And... It's it, it's just so tight in that middle class. They've got to get this game, Jack. But I just I just don't see it happening based on how things are going at the moment. One thing Cam Luke said on overtime last night, I didn't agree with the shirt that he wore. I thought that was horrible. But I did agree with what he said about the league, that it's very much a week-to-week league at the moment, which is fascinating. To, to that front, the Perth Wildcats have got some good news. Keanu Pinder, it looked a little concerning when he went over on that ankle against the breakers. Good news is that he should be right to go for Saturday. Corey Webster should be also right to go. And now the Wildcats, speaking on Channel 10 in Perth last night, Ruck, that they're eyeing off top spot. They think that it's still very much a chance. Jack, I said weeks ago and was heavily ridiculed by people in my DMs that Perth were performing better than Melbourne United. And I think a stronger case could be made right now based on what we've seen from Melbourne United in the past three games. But yes, Perth obviously have dodged a bullet with Pender's injury. That would have been crippling had they had to endure a loss of Keanu Pender and Alex Saar at the same time. And check this, with relation to Keanu Pender, 
I'm putting together a list of the top 15 players of the competition, which I'm going to put out over the next couple of weeks. I've got Pender in my top 10. And I think, you know, sometimes his numbers don't always reflect it, but his presence, his athleticism, the fact that he's not only talented, but semi-wild and reckless. Like, you've got to deal with him out there. He's in that Tajir McCall category where you always have to be aware of where they are on the floor because they'll come and block your shot. They'll dunk on you. They're up and down. They're like wild stallions out there on the basketball court, and they're highly valuable. So to have Keanu remain in that lineup just gives John really some continuity and the ability to try and continue this hot play that they're showing. Let's get to a couple of awards. In particular, the first one is the Coach of the Year. That's being discussed a lot. Damon Lowry on this show yesterday said that he thinks that Justin Tatum should be the Coach of the Year. Leonard Copeland followed it up last night on overtime. His record's commanding, and he has now qualified. We can confirm that. What do you think? Those guys are jumping out a little bit early, Copes and Damon. Shout out to him for going out there on the limb. But right now, it's three guys, and I've got Tatum in the mix. Justin Tatum, John Reilly, Dean Vickerman. It's those three guys, I think, and I could be biased here, Jack, but it doesn't mean I'm wrong. I think John really has the edge right now. Based on what Melbourne United put together in terms of their roster, the spend on that roster, I think pound for pound in terms of coaching, John really has his nose slightly in front of Dean Vickerman. However, Melbourne United have enough talent, skill, they can go on a run right now and run the table, and then that would clearly make Dean Vickerman the coach of the year. But, you know, Tatum's done an extremely admirable job. Um, he's definitely going to get a lot of votes for coach of the year, but right now I'm not willing to put him up there with Vickerman and really just based on the fact that he's only coached eight games thus far. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating debate, that one, and I, I agree with what you said about John really completely. What about as far as the... Sixth man of the year goes. MVP's been discussed a lot. You and I spoke about it on Moments That Matter, that it's Bryce's to lose at this stage. Go to sixth man of the year, though. Is Ian Clark the leading contender? And the names that have been thrown up on Awards Watch with Pete Hawley include Jonah Bolden, Will Magnate, Kawat Noy, and Alex Sapp. Okay, let's knock out Bolden and Noy from the Kings. I just don't think they've been consistent enough with their performances. They've come in and had brilliant flashes. Noy is actually playing really well over the past few weeks. Um, let's look at Sar. Probably doesn't log the minutes per game that I would like to see. So that leaves me with Magne, who's only played 10 games to date. But his metrics are off the charts. You know, his offensive rating, the defensive rating, his net rating. He is the difference to that Jack Jumpers team. You can see what he does, not only from a performance point of view, but a team confidence perspective. So Magne is right there. But Ian Clark, he's 49.7 from the field. He's 49.3 from the three. And he's 93.8 from the three. Those numbers are insane. And United are clearly, clearly the benchmark when he's out there performing. He's the guy that makes them go. He's the championship X factor. We've already seen him do it with Sydney. So for me right now, it's Clark, then it's Magne. But that situation can change. Let's finish up with Brisbane and Tasmania in your neck of the woods tonight. Uh, you're going to be there, and I look forward to watching you on ESPN, of course, 7.30 p.m. Check your local guides. 
Bullets will be coming in full of confidence after what we saw on Sunday. They played well the past two games. And especially to go on the road and get a win, that really brings your team together and creates the strength and numbers. And the key has been Nathan Sobey. They've been pretty mm-hmm. solid all year defensively. Where Brisbane haven't been good is on the offensive end. And some of that has been Nathan Sobey's fault. But Jack, it looks like he's learned quickly. It looks like he has more trust in his teammates. He has more trust in the system and what the coaching staff expects from him. And his performances have been at a high level in these past two victories over the Phoenix and then the Kings. If he can continue at this level, this is going to be a really tough game for Tasmania to win. And also, I know Milton Doyle went off in the last game. And we know that he's dealt with some personal issues this season. But Doyle and Crawford haven't been good this year. The strength of that Tasmania team has been McVeigh, Drimmick, McDonald, Magne, Lee. Those guys, when you look at the stats, have been the ones that have been holding it together and allowing them to prosper when they play well. Look, this is a tough one. If Brisbane can score points, they'll win the game. But if Tasmania are able to stifle them and throttle them, defensively, then this is Tazzy's game and they'll walk out of Brisbane with a victory. I'm looking forward to that one tonight and seeing whatever suit you, you're going to be wearing tonight as well. Anything anything out of the box planned tonight? No, I think I just might go with something a bit more conservative and, and sleep tonight, Jack, to match the head. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. 7.30pm tonight, you can check it out as the Bullets play host of the Jack Jumpers. We will be back tomorrow to break that all down. Rock, you have a great day. We'll chat to you next week. All right, Jack. Thanks for joining us on NBL Now. We'll catch you tomorrow.